Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 100 of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, here with San Jose Barracuda, Ethan Cardwell. Can I say that yet, Cards, or what's the deal? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know, honestly, man, but... Uh... <laughs> You're on the, the roster on the website. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully soon go and uh, sort all that out. But actually, speaking of that, leaving... Uh... Not tomorrow, but pretty much tomorrow. I got to be fully packed. I leave it at 8 a.m. Tuesday morning. So Yeah, and it's it's Sunday night as we record, just to reference for the listeners. That's something through 100 episodes we haven't learned yet, referencing yeah. uh, when we're recording. Hard, hard time referencing, and people are like, what are these guys talking about? But uh, yeah, no, man, just uh, trying to trying to pack as diligent as I can, because it's hard man when you're you're going away and you got to pack out your whole life and uh you can only fit it in a few bags so got to uh pick and choose what i want to bring what are your uh essentials for living out there i don't know like i i packed a lot obviously more uh or less like winter clothes like i don't have my parka and my mitts and oh, all yeah. that you might never see them again yeah hopefully not <laughs> um, but no it's uh just got my uh basic just like summer attire and stuff like that and then i got a bunch of like long pants and hoodies and stuff like that and some a few coats but it's it's a disaster i'm lucky though like i, I can't imagine these guys who bring their xboxes and all these controllers and stuff like i i would have absolutely no room for that and of course got to bring the golf clubs as well oh yeah you're gonna be ripping it out there all year round how oh, about I um i know there's all these guys on on the barracuda and the younger guys come up in the sharks they're all they're big style guys like we had thomas bordolo on here he's he's got an unbelievable like fashion sense are you gonna like up the uh the fashion game hanging with these guys i don't know man i got uh i got a couple nice suits um a couple months ago now so got those custom made so i'm looking forward to breaking them out this year and uh yeah, I got I got a few nice new things, so we'll uh, we'll put them in the mix this year, and then uh, I'll let you kind of see from pictures and stuff, and then you can tell me. All right, beauty. Well, uh, I guess I mean there's a ton ton to talk about. I guess we'll uh, we'll start. I mean, we should drop our guest right off the hop. You've already seen it from the the title, but we got Brandon Montour, so we got a big one for our hundredth episode. We we were gonna do it right. Um, Montour, obviously, one of the best defensemen in the NHL right now. Um, coming off a Stanley Cup final with Florida. And we're going to get into the whole playoff run and some stories with him. And we had a little surprise, a couple of, yeah, we had a good surprise guest drop in as well. I don't want to uh, name drop here, but if you listen to the interview, you'll be surprised by a friend of the show who caught up in the interview. So um, a great one coming later. And um, I want to talk, Karzi, about some some hundredth episode questions for you and stuff, but we'll we'll get into that in a bit. I wanted to just catch up over your your dev camp in San Jose and, and just hear quickly about that, like how how that went. And one thing in particular, the story that the Sharks did on you, where they took you on that uh, photo shoot downtown. I want to hear all about that stuff. So so let's let's get into that. Yeah, no man, it was good. Um, obviously, it's, it was like my third dev camp this time around, so you're not you're not so nervous going in, and you kind of know what to expect, like. I think of my first one definitely. And then kind of my second one as well. You're, you're still a little bit nervous and, um, but no, I felt very comfortable this time. Just like really excited to be there. Enjoy the moment. We did a lot of like team bonding stuff. So we got to go to Alcatraz, which was sick. I went there when I was younger, but to go back, obviously really fun every time. Um, and then we went bowling as a team, my team won. So that was another plus, um, and then beyond that, we also just had a couple skates and then we had a, a scrimmage at the end of it. Um, and then, yeah, just a good time with the guys always. And then, yeah, after bowling, it was the uh, that photo shoot thing. And I, they were like, do you want to go take a couple photos? I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, so then they were like, OK, like just wear like whatever you would wear, like that best defines you as a person, like shows your kind of style and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, like <laughs> I I packed four outfits. I'm here for five days at dev camp. Like I don't have what I would normally be wearing around. So I just tried to throw a random you outfit. Had a good outfit going. I don't remember yeah, what it was, I, but I liked it. Made it work. I mean, try tried to do my best, but uh, not slim pickings. And they're like, uh, oh yeah, like are these your style of shoes and stuff? I'm like, well, yeah, like, but my nice ones are at home. Don't have them either. Got nothing. But no, that was fun. Just kind of touring around San Jose, taking some photos in uh, various spots throughout the city. And 
buzzing around on the birds always fun as well the scooters down there are my favorite so i can't wait to get on those in a few days and uh yeah get back to eating chipotle and all that good stuff so and then I'm, and then i saw like liz child with the barracuda did a good one on you the other day like you're, you're all over it here and um i read that one i thought it was a great like you're getting these get to know ethan cardwell ones and yeah i thought it was cool man and i'm, I'm learning some stuff about you but you're just like left right and center in the press i i yeah i don't know what's going on um <laughs> yeah man um what else we got so i heard this funny development camp story when uh i wanted to bring this up this was like i guess when you were at dev camp um one of my uh coaches with the st Catharines falcons who used to be like he played minor pro like he's got his jersey in the rafters in one of these like small like former echl teams that don't exist anymore and he was telling mm-hmm. me this story about it was a first drill he was like 17 at this dev camp and uh first drill the the coach like flipped the net around so it was like facing the the back boards um yeah and uh, but still in the crease where it is and i think he maybe pushed it towards the boards like two feet so there's only enough room to skate like you know your shoulders basically on the boards and your right like your left shoulder would be on the boards and your right shoulder is like touching the net if you're skating behind the net like it's tight yeah yeah and he would have a line on each blue line and they would have to just skate as fast as they could behind the net and just collide. And what? And then like whoever's standing goes in line again. And like it's last man standing type of thing, like almost like elimination shootout, but it's, you just run each other at full speed. This was like, no, in the, in the 80s. no. And he said, not- he said, uh, these guys weren't even like letting up. It was, you just go like they wanted to kill each other and then the coach well, I mean, uh, he said the coach was holding the net in place and then one of the one of the guys sticks came up in the hit and hammered the coach and he said that dude, was the end of the drill dude that would be insane that would be a crazy drill and but like guys aren't gonna lay off though if somebody's telling them like hey you got a job on the line this way you gotta yeah, do it no he it. said they yeah. were just going like they oh, yeah. didn't want to soften was this an nhl development camp this it, it was like the ihl i think Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Either way, that's, that's, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So um, what else we got? I guess I want, we'll wrap up for the listeners. Some, some golf talk for me. We'll give another update. Um, I'm getting a couple DMs about it, about my golf game from yeah. some showbound listeners. And it's great. I love it. So yeah, I got all new clubs. As we know, I got a new driver. I got the TaylorMade SimMax too. Um, haven't Big figured up. out how to hit it yet <laughs> <laughs> but uh my my game so it went from shoot i was shooting 100 then i was in like the mid 90s i'm in the mid 90s with some 100 rounds but they've become yeah. honest 100 rounds whereas exactly. before they were like kind of like i I wasn't counting retees or like i'm fluffing up my ball at this point i was like who am i doing it for like i'm like like i gotta figure out yeah. where i'm actually at so like, I, i've played a couple honest rounds in a row I hit a I hit an honest ninety five and I've hit a couple like one hundred fours, one hundred sevens, like but they're dead honest, I guess. Dude, I I'm uh, I'm impressed. That's a, that's what I always tell people. It's like, okay, you can go and like fluff your lie and not like take a couple mulligans and take gimmies, like big ones, and then come in and say you shot ninety. But like, who really cares if you shot one hundred four or ninety? Like, who who are you trying to prove? We're not going to the PGA Tour. Just tell us what you shot. So then, when you actually do improve, people believe you. And it's not like, hey, this guy told me he was shooting like ninety three years ago, and now he's shooting ninety five when I play with him. Like, <laughs> yeah. <what? laughs> but I'm I'm ha- I'm throwing great nines together. I just can't put eighteen. Like even I played the I played yesterday, and uh, I was bogey golf on the front nine. Did you say where? yeah um it was at beachwood in niagara falls the week before i played at bondhead oh yeah bondhead's nice north or like, south it was so hard to putt there though the greens are so fast and hilly man or it was the, the the north whatever the one has more hills yeah i think it was the north um yeah but uh yeah like i'm i was bogey golf on nine and i'm like i, I don't know I, I had like a triple and a double to, on 10 and 11 and then i end up shooting Nine ninety five, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I was like in good shape heading in. Um, anyway, so that's that's the update on the golf game. We all know your golf game is sick. Oh, can we we can shout out your brother though? You want to you want to shout out your brother here? 
Oh yeah, big shout out for my brother. He won the uh, Ontario U19 championships for the match play. So he's an Ontario champ now. So super pumped for him. And then he actually just left for uh, for school as well. So yeah, uh, Robert Robert Morris University for his freshman year here, and and they start they start tournaments in like I think a week and a half or two weeks. So it's like pretty quick. They get in there as soon as school starts, and like NCAA opens up, it's just like bang, 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 and they're they're right back into it. So. No, big shout out to him. Huge accomplishment. That was his last junior tournament ever, too. So to finish with a win was kind of sick. We got to get him some sponsors now that they're allowed to be paid and stuff in the NCAA. We'll get him some golf sponsors. Yeah, get him some sick deals. Like, yeah. Actually, speaking of that, like, uh, did you uh, see the Johnny Manziel documentary? Yeah, man, I loved it. Yeah, it was crazy. And then did you? And then how about the? You see the Hall of Shame one, and then actually the Florida. The Florida Gators one comes out to uh, tomorrow. Or I next. haven't seen the Hall of Shame one. I'm gonna watch all of these ones. I'm so into into these right now. Like I've been watching exclusively these sport documentaries. The the Manziel one was cool. Like I wasn't as tapped in with the story. Obviously, I knew like he was just this big hyped quarter quarterback, and then he was a flop. Um, and I knew he, you know, he liked to party and stuff. That's all I really knew though. I didn't like I didn't follow him really, like the, the magnitude. Yeah, it's it was a pretty wild ride, really. I mean, I knew like how big he was if it was getting to me back at that point. Like I, I care about football a little now. I didn't care at all now. And I still knew who he was and where he played and stuff. So it was, I knew like he must've been huge, but yeah, it was, it was really cool, man. I, yeah. I just, I wish they talked about what he's up to now at the end, but I don't think he, he's up to anything. I guess they kind of said, right. Yeah. I think he's just kind of chilling. It said like maybe getting, getting in a good place. But, yeah. Uh... I'm just so curious, like what what he wants to do. Uh, like I got, I just want to know, like what do you want to do with the rest of your life now? Some of the some of the plays that he used to make in college were out of hand. Yeah, like I just can't believe he didn't do like at that level, not studying video or anything. Like as I know. a quarterback, you need to know so much information. Like, did you watch the quarterback series on that? Yeah, yeah. So I saw that one, and Kirk Cousins is got yeah. stuff strapped to his head. It's dude, those guys in the quarterbacks thing are like they are like. Like they study way more than somebody probably studying for, I don't know, school. You tell I finished me. my MBA. I, I didn't study that hard for my MBA. These guys That's are in there drawing plays repeatedly weekly. Like they're working harder than anybody. And what's and which is why Manzel, I'm like, how did he get that good without doing that? And maybe that's just, I mean, he was just obviously naturally so good. And imagine just if he worked hard, how good he'd be. But um, obviously he said in the thing he didn't want it. He just didn't want to play. Um, but it was cool. The quarterback series, that's the coolest thing. And what do you think if there's, they do an NHL one? Cause at some point they're going to do an NHL one. How would they make that work? Like who do you, how would it look? I guess. I don't know, man. I feel like, I feel like it'll take a while to get into the NHL before. Like, I feel like they'd go basketball or something first. I don't know. Uh, they're definitely like... in doing something on basketball. Yeah. That'll come up. They'll, they'll follow around like LeBron and then some of these young guys they, coming up. Netflix has been doing a really good job with all that stuff. Like full swing. The i've been watching i watched that one i watched the tennis one i watched the f1 one like i'm watching yeah, all of them pretty, pretty cool um anyway so okay a couple of things before we get into the interview firstly let's tell the listeners i guess what you can expect out of us episode wise going forward just so uh everyone knows what's up i think and we're still kind of working it out but i think we're gonna shift to like more of a monthly episode or almost like a release when we can throughout the season is that right yeah i think kind of look for uh good moments to get our episodes out and stuff like that and kind of find i know rask is going to be real busy this year as well not, not just me um and move into a different place getting getting uh kind of my feet wet there and stuff like that going to uh, put a lot of focus into the season so we're uh we're definitely not gonna stop or shut yeah, it we're down not done let's let's make so that don't clear that. and then uh, i think our biggest thing is uh we know a lot of different podcasts and we know a lot of our listeners support other podcasts as well and they they come out with uh a lot of stuff in season and then we kind of uh we had been but uh, we're gonna slow that down a little bit and then we're gonna really hammer it in the summer is our main goal i think that's what we kind of discussed a rask like keep it going episode release when we can and then really hammer it in the summer with uh some really high quality content then yeah and i think so in, in my head i have it like uh we'll aim i think we'll aim for a monthly episode and then you know you never know like maybe we get more than one in a month if things are i mean i i think you'll find too that you'll have some more time on your hands just with uh 
the the schedule i mean you're going to be busy and there's going to be travel but you're also like away from your family and friends and stuff too there like there's that stuff won't yeah. be keeping you as busy but so we'll see how it how it goes um but yeah we're not done we'll make it clear we're not done or shutting this thing down we're going to keep it going just obviously you guys can understand uh big year big year for both of us but mostly for you right now um so yeah we appreciate that support also just shout out to like the listeners and us for making it to 100 yeah um, no exactly congrats buddy yeah congrats to you this, this is pretty cool um, it's actually insane too if you think about it so i i haven't checked how many like listeners we've had either because i remember like way back when we had like five million at one point so it's like i could only imagine what we were, we're over at. nine when i last checked so we're definitely we're definitely over 10 by now probably yeah. without, well it was without. like midsummer when i checked so maybe not um, yeah, okay. but we're gonna be we're pushing 10 for right now yeah yeah no that's crazy i was just well, watching the millions billions clip that just one. idiot dude so this is we're coming up on what three years yeah three years and that's a hundred episodes so basically we had two years filled of that pretty much yeah yeah well yeah october was our first or november it was maybe either way that's insane to think how quickly time's gone i know man and what's funny is like we were talking about it before the pod but the opportunities that we've had that have come from this is crazy yeah it's been a uh it's been something pretty cool for for sure and then and i've been like like i said i've probably benefited more than you (laughs) yeah well even even me though it's like i feel like yeah i i always get questions about it like i i could be doing like a post-game interview about like about the game and how i played and how what why i'm excited the team won and they go oh what about the podcast like it's it's always a reoccurring question like i feel like i get it no matter what interview i'm doing yeah, it's that's awesome. And and every like the rare times that I end up meeting a fan, which I guess isn't that rare because I find like I'm obviously like I basically live in the rinks and many of the people I'm bumping into in these rinks know like know you and know me and know the podcast. So they're always like they come right to me and everyone's just like, How's Carzy doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. But honestly, I've I've had so many people like I've met so many different people um from just like doing this podcast and stuff like that. No, it's been it's been wild. It's definitely been cool. I think uh, I think we're kind of blabbing on now about ourselves too much. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just cool. Awesome. So show, show well, yeah. everyone. I, I have a couple of things, couple hundredth episode questions for you. Okay, do you have a favorite memory from the podcast so far? You didn't want to send me this stuff before, eh? No, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> just absolutely sewering me now in the. Uh, well, in I can the I can go first. I mean, I didn't even think of my own one. Um, I guess favorite memory of the pod. There, there's um, oh man. I don't know if I have a favorite memory to be honest, but they're all, they've all been awesome, but there's not one. I don't know why I even put this in there and I didn't have an answer, but they're like, yeah. <laughs> honestly, man, I feel like it's just like going on and like just casually chatting with the boys or just like being able to catch up with like old teammates of mine or like friends I hadn't seen in a while and stuff like that. And then obviously shooting the shit with you once a week when we are in the flow of things as well. Like it's just, it's just fun to kind yeah. of come on chat. Like people don't know this too. Like typically we, uh, like we'll talk a little bit about like some personal stuff or stuff like that before. And like, we end up talking on these things for like 20 minutes sometimes before we even get it going or 30 minutes. And we're like, Oh my God, uh, maybe we should start this. Yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah. It's always good. I guess it, my, my favorite memory just came. Well, I don't know if it's my favorite memory, but a good memory just came to me. I, I talked about this one, like, I guess two years ago now when it happened, um, we had a Brock practice. It was like on a Friday or something. And there was a minor hockey tournament and I walked out, and there was a dad and his kid outside my car with the showbound license. Like, and then the kid said, like, are you, or the dad goes, are you Ethan Cardwell? I'm like, and I was like, yeah. And he's like, I love your podcast. My kid loves your podcast. <laughs> I was like, I pretended to be you. That's absurd, man. <laughs> obviously, my, he's obviously an audio listener. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was, that's one of my favorite ones. Um, Dude, that's hilarious. <laughs> and then, okay um another one to put you on the spot do you have a i have i have an answer first if you know but do you have a favorite story or stories that have been mentioned on the pod um i, I have my answers if you want me to go there's first. there's so many but i think one that sticks out to me was who um who was it, it was dan balsma who did the uh saran wrap around <laughs> oh yeah game when he came in for all the, those uh, balsma stories in that same clip of like breaking the kid's wrist or whatever 
yeah the that starting was lineup and like yeah, all the things i thought that was pretty wild though that was funny and What's from that same uh interview with Dolphs, the uh when he said i love you on stage to sarah mclaughlin uh, yeah, and then, and then torts is like what is Dolphs doing i love you like that's what that's maybe yeah, yeah, just one. Him. but then no. also um the uh okay the tate mccray the whole tate mccray thing that's one of my favorites as well um that happened okay. with cylinder i'm going to see tate mccray live in toronto monday september 11th oh really <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's absurd oh actually i got one that comes to mind a story was when when we had ivan on bro. yes i was about to say that like the one about him taking the moped to the rink is out of hand. Oh, that's, the, that's like that's that's all time, man. Like you can't even make that stuff up. So like for the people listening uh, right now, if you want to go check out these stories, Zach Dalby, not sure the inter- er, episode number, and then Ivan Prosvitovin earlier on. I think episode. it was nine with Ivan, maybe yeah, was, in the first ten. Yeah, it was definitely early, and that guy had some crazy stories. So those are both hilarious. So many. <laughs> Like we could be here all day if we just wanted to and then, read. Yeah, just last one. Perfetti's second interview with us, that whole one, episode 21 it was. That that was like, some of those stories were all my favorites. Like, I, I can't remember them all off the top of my head. He was like slipping on this and falling on that and then playing oh, yeah. against the Marlies and getting yelled at by Rich Clune or whatever. Like all those stories he said were, those are great. Yeah, no, those were all real good. No, it's it's been, it's been unreal, man. And then last uh, 100th episode question. Who is your dream guest right now at this point? I'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, I kind of want to get Kyle Dubas as my dream. He's not even a player. Really? I'd love to talk with him. But but no, maybe he's on my dream guest. He's up there on the list. But I think I think Bobby Orr right now. Yeah. No, that would, that would be sick. Um, I, I want to say Matthews, but... Even if we get him, like he would just be dry. I feel like because he doesn't like doing this stuff. So I... <laughs> um, I'm trying to think here. Like I want, it, like it's easy to say like Wayne Gretzky, but I want to think of someone who's just like who would be just like a crazy. And I guess Wayne Gretzky would be a wild interview. Like that guy's seen it all. Obviously, one of yeah. the best. I'm, but honestly, maybe maybe Ovechkin. I'd love to hear. Oh him. yeah, he would probably I, let I would... it fly too. I would love to hear what went on after he won the cup. Oh yeah. That'd be a great one. That, yeah. That's good. Okay. Um, all right. Before we send it to the interview, let's do quick 2023 NHL season predictions. So we got, I'm going to ask most goals, most points, most points by a D Stanley cup finals and the winner. And then the Bedard points prediction. So first <laughs> who's getting the most goals. Uh, probably McDavid. <laughs> he could. I think. Uh, I think Drysital this year. Okay. Uh, most points, McDavid. Yeah. <laughs> most points by a D. Carlson. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say Makar. Okay. But it, yeah, Carlson is the uh, the easy answer for sure. He's nasty. And then, uh, what? Who's the Stanley Cup Finals and the winner? It's the Leafs are making it. Leaf Sharks. The Sharks take it. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> that would I, that would kill me, man. Like I'd be. I wouldn't know who to cheer for. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like actually, that might be my worst nightmare. Um, I'm going. Well, I think if Colorado's healthy, I'm going Leafs Colorado, and the Leafs take it. <laughs> As a true fan would say. Yeah. Um, and then how many points do you think Bedard is gonna get? I'll I'll go first and let me explain why. I think Bedard is gonna get 80 points. And wow. yeah, I I say that with some research. He he's everyone's comparing him to McDavid because they've put up similar numbers their whole junior careers. That's that's proven. Um McDavid came into the NHL as a rookie and went over a point per game in his first year. He was like 80-something points in 80 games. No, no, he, he didn't play that many games in his or first was, year. Or he, he was over a point per game in his first year. It was maybe, whatever it was, he was over a point per game. Okay. Bedard has more points in junior than McDavid had in those junior years. So I think, and but you know he's getting in first line, first power play. He'll get every opportunity. You don't think so? Oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, oh, I I'm, thought you were shaking your head. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's that's my argument for it basically is uh he'll get the opportunity and he's like if he's on the mcdavid path he's coming in with more points Ooh. than mcdavid did have a junior so i think yeah 80 points 
I think he's actually unbelievable, dude. From what I've seen, like I've I got to skate with him a few times this uh, this summer, and just like skating after him, I'm walking out of the rink, kind of just watching him snap the puck around a little bit on my way out. And uh, no man, he's uh, he's definitely a one of a kind talent. The way he shoots that puck, and uh, yeah, he's he's really dedicated. I and mean, he seems like, like a beauty too. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Like I haven't talked to him too much in depth, but just like, hey, how are you? And seems like a great guy. And yeah, he's super dedicated to hockey so he's gonna uh definitely gonna do big things so yeah i don't know how many points but he'll definitely have a nice career ahead of him that's for sure oh yeah anyway um just quickly before we send to the interview i just want to shout out athlete farm niagara uh nate mitten there was big in setting up this interview too and he's the uh the owner of athlete farm niagara former echl beauty as well um so yeah, go to athletefarmniagara.com if you're from the Niagara region. You want to train like a pro. Maybe you'll run into me there. Maybe not. Probably <laughs> not. But uh, anyway, with that said, let's send it over to Brandon Montour. All right, we are pleased to be joined by Brandon Montour. Monty, how's it going, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for doing this. So your uh, your summer is kind of all dad mode, I guess, now, right? Yeah. Um. Obviously, I think you – I mean – the whole hockey world kind of knows, uh, uh, you know, my story and, you know, becoming a dad and, um, yeah, so, uh, it's quiet down now. Um, cause he's a few months old and, um, doing that. And then, uh, obviously the rehab on, you know, my injury. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, we're going to get to the story. You flying back and forth and stuff as we touch on the finals later on. Okay. But, um, the, the rumor is that Mitzi came down to teach you how to change a diaper and stuff. Is that true? <laughs> Well, because he's Mr. Perfect Dad, I guess. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, he was actually down. Um. He caught a game, so he caught him within a couple of days of uh being born. So yeah, he's uh he was one of the first uh, friends to actually, you know, see him. And uh, and for those who don't know, Mitzi is Nate Nate Midden, my uh, assistant coach here at Brock and friend of Monty. So, um, yeah, he's an absolute beauty all around too. But what's uh what was the injury and like what's how's the recovery going? Yeah, so I uh, tore my labrum and uh, dislocated um, the rotator cuff. So they had to clean it up a little bit. The recovery time supposedly is around eight or six six months, I believe. So um, we're just past the two month mark, I think. And um, just, I mean, it's a hassle. Just the fact that you know it's time, like it's just all about the rest. Um, haven't really necessarily got into big, big weightlifting. Um, haven't been on the ice yet. Um, it's just about healing for the first couple of months and then hopefully sometime in September I could start amping it up a little bit more and, um, but feels good. feels great. Um, I think I'm ahead of, ahead of schedule from how I feel and how my trainers, you know, see me, you know, each, each day. And, um, yeah, I mean, things are, things are going good in that sense. Yeah. And it's crazy that you were playing through that and some of the injuries that guys had, like it must've been like the, the few off days, I guess, in between games, the trainer's table must have been just lining up, eh? <laughs> yeah, guys were definitely taking options in practice, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, like the abuse that, you know, obviously a playoff or a season takes on, you know, each player. And I think we ended up playing over 100 games total. So um, you could imagine, you know, how much that affected the guys' bodies. And um, towards the playoffs, it definitely, it definitely hurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you talk about such a long year, over 100 games and stuff like that. And typically on these interviews, we uh, we like to get into like uh, the whole career and stuff. But I mean, I think we can fill a whole interview with your guys' playoff run and what a one that thing as is just watching from home and stuff like that. So uh, I guess we'll start in round one. You're you're down three one in a series against the best regular season team in NHL history, and you're yeah, like I said, you're down three one. What's the mindset going into game five there? I think we kept the same mindset the whole time. Obviously, we knew what type of team they were. Um, games were fairly close. Uh, you know, I mean, we had, I think we had chances in, you know, each of those games that we were losing too. So, um, 3-1, obviously, we knew we were in a hole. But I think we just kind of kept this, you know, playing the same way. Um, we got a few bounces our way. Um, and then I think once you get it, you know, we win that game five in Boston. Uh, bring it home when game six and then game seven, anything can happen. And, uh, you, you know, they were up obviously late in the game. We tied it up and then again, game seven, anything can happen. And then overtime, anything can happen. And luckily enough, we got a few pretty good shooters on our team and, um, we finished that one off. Yeah. I mean, you say we tied it up, but, uh, 
I mean, you're you did you did the deed there. So getting that goal <laughs> going through your head when you tie it up, especially like you were on fire that series, score five goals in that series total, and and two yeah. in games. That obviously that fun. So, uh, what kind of goes through your head when you talk that one? We kind of laughed at it just because of the fact that um, I had a shot right before that play that actually almost went in and almost snuck by. Um, and then I went around, and then Barkov was up top. He tried to shoot it on net, and we were laughing because it hit a guy's shin pad, and then it could have ricocheted. It could have bounced any which way, and it happened just to pop right in front of my you know forehand, and um, obviously got some pretty good release on that on the puck and snuck in. I think short side um, below his blocker, but just the fact that, that you know it happened all you know in a perfect situation. It could have, like I said, bounced in the corner. It could have bounced my backhand and. Um, just like I said, happened so quick. The puck bounced, and um, I honestly just wanted to get a quick shot in, in an open area, and then hopefully the boys can find some traffic and then saw it go in. And um, crazy that how quiet the building was, um, and just kind of silenced the whole the whole situation there. And, and obviously, we were all jacked up. You must yeah. have ruined so many people's nights in Boston too, at like the bars and stuff. <laughs> Not even at the rink, like everybody's watching, and you just crushed them. Dude. Well, I, I mean, just the whole fact. I mean, obviously, we're not paying attention to the outside noise, but how many people obviously were picking us to win that whole series and how we came back from 3-1. And um, like I said, just the whole scenario to to even be down with a minute left and, you know, be able to tie it up and then anything can happen in overtime. And just obviously their building is a loud building if you guys have been in there. And um, I think they're, I mean, they're expected to beat us and how we turned it around and just how crazy and how quiet that arena was that night. Um, and something that obviously the, the guys will never forget that moment. Yeah. That that's just like a storybook like tale there. Like you can't even make that up what happened. And, uh, but going into that overtime, like game seven, all the nerves in the world, you guys kind of got nothing to lose at this point. You, you've made it all the way back to this point and you're sitting there at intermission. Uh, are the boys talking or what's going on in the locker room there? Yeah, honestly, I think we were just more jacked up that we tied it. Um, realistically, I mean, we had such a group, good group that nobody was stressing in all the overtimes we, you know, we were a part of. Um, we enjoyed just, you know, kind of laughing about, you know, where, where we're at, um, you know, having fun, just keeping the room light. You know, some some guys, obviously, it's tough in overtime. You, you want to grip your stick too tight, especially in, you know, game sevens or, you know, important games. And um, I thought we were pretty loose and um, – if you watch most of the overtime, I think for the most part, we took control of that overtime and had a bunch of chances and um, knew it was just kind of, you know, a bounce here and there and it was going to come in our way. And um, yeah, I mean, guys were obviously jacked up that we tied it late, fired up, and then obviously brought that into overtime and, uh, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so cool. It's it's unbelievable, honestly, that you guys did that. But so we have we have this this super fan. He's a big fan of yours, and I I sent him this. He wants to come in oh, and shit. ask you a question. <laughs> you might you might have heard of him. Um, here he's coming in. Oh, he's coming in on the la- on chat. Here he is. Yo. No <laughs> way. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How you doing? Are you hiding in the closet? Upstairs. We're heading to uh. Actually, I probably should a little surprise later on for um some friends. So uh, we got to get out of here fairly early but um like i said nate's friend here you know any any friend of nate's is a friend of mine and we're on for a couple minutes here yeah for the for the listeners hold on for a sec though just because the people who aren't watching we got zach dolpy join the uh join the call here a former guest of the show as well but um i love it i love it Dolph's like right before you came in i was like we have a super fan you might have heard of him and he wants to ask you a question <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. I'm trying to think of who I'm trying to think of who he had, was going to have on too. I'm like, what? All right, are you disappointed? Or are you happy? No, we're just talking about the Boston series, and I was just about to bring up how big of a goal you scored in that series. Nah, you, you should. Just... I I think you should tell the listeners about that. No, no, it's not about me. It's about you. I I just want to oh, get out, or you hopped on. I, you got to share to... now. No, no, I just wanted to let the listeners in on a little insight that I got from Ben Delphi. Are You cool with that? So were you you were cut from minor midget, right? Minor yeah. midget or, or minor midget? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, that's what I played in, in Cambridge. Minor midget. Right. So I was cut from around the same year. I was cut from junior C. So what I wanted to ask you 
uh, in a serious manner, just because I'm not going to hop there and fuck around. But um, as as you progress throughout your career, how much do you hold on to that? I guess that motivation that you were cut um, as fire to fuel you, or do you have you just let that go completely and you just go out and play and, and trust your game? I mean, I think, I mean, you've experienced obviously that too, but I think the big thing was maybe when I was that age and, you know, experienced that, that was kind of when the fire was, you know, I need, you know, to prove that, you know, I could play. And um, I actually played in Cambridge and that was just down the street. So anytime we could play Brantford or anytime I was on the ice, um, you know, I just wanted to prove not just to myself, but obviously the team that let me go or um, everyone that I could play and, um, you know, now you just laugh about it and you, you know, you share experiences with other players and, you know, how they come up and, um, everyone's stories are so different, you know, and, um, you know, I think that's just a part of, you know, you growing and, um, that was a part of me growing and becoming the player I am today. And, um, without that, who knows what, you know, what could have happened. All right. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and I just thought. One more thing, I, cost of living in Canada is a little high, and I was just on my bank account, and it's a little low. So can I get the log into yours or no? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> What's up, Cartsy? How are you, kid? Hey, Delps. Good. You? Good. Good. good, man. I'm good. I just wanted to hop on. I don't want to take most up uh, most of your time. I just want to say hi and see what Monty Kid was doing. Say hi yeah. to you guys. Appreciate that, Delps. We'll get on here soon. We'll get one going before the kicks off. All right, sounds good. Okay, you guys enjoy. See you, dolls. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll keep it moving. That was funny. That was Monty. I texted you that I had a surprise or whatever. That that that's what the surprise was. <laughs> um, but uh, I want to move forward. We kind of want to go through the playoffs with you and then uh, take some fan questions at the end. But in the round two against Toronto, so I'm I'm from Toronto, like huge Leafs fan. Um, I think most of our podcast listeners, I mean, it's gone down because we've made it more into the States with Cardi going to San Jose, but we have a lot of like Ontario listeners, Leafs fans and stuff. And obviously everyone was rooting against you guys. there, like cheering for the Leafs, um, all the Leafs fans. So you guys had one day off between that Boston series and game one against Toronto. So I'm just curious, like, did you guys get to celebrate that first round win at all? Or was it just like right, right into the second round? I mean, you say it so, yeah, you say it like it, it was so fast, but obviously, you know, that night um, we went back to the hotel, enjoyed our night, but um, I think just we were, we were so jacked up in, in a playoff series. Obviously, we experienced so much, but the confidence and, you know, the um, just the way, you know, the men- mentally um, ups and downs, you know, we were so high in that in that series that we just wanted to keep continuing that into the next series and then, um, obviously a big thing was the media and, and being close to home and, you know, all the Leafs fans around the world. And it's, it's funny, even now after everything's done, how many Leafs fans are fans of myself and my team, but obviously they're, they're rooting for the Leafs have came up to me. You know, I, I, we had our golf tournament. Um, like we were saying, we were at, the, I was at that Ontario golf, um, the other day and the amount of people that were saying that they're, they're Leafs fans and, you know, they used to hate the Panthers, but now that they watched us, they, you know, they appreciate it. So um, just the whole um, media, the fan base of, the, you know, the Leafs, um, that was tough. And then obviously um, people would say that obviously that was probably the second best team in the league besides Boston, right? So we were going from one to two. Um, so we were pretty jacked up about playing them. Um, challenges that they'd obviously face. We were also jacked up that I think we had seven, I don't know, you know, eight players from the Toronto area that, you know, grew up, you know, either Leafs fans or rooting for the Leafs. And um, so I think that was obviously a, another bonus or, you know, a plus to our side, just to, you know, have that family and friends atmosphere for us, you know, going to games either in Florida and Toronto. Like I had friends and family going to every game that series, just flip-flopping, you know, like um, – but obviously, obviously, you know, a really good team. We had a battle. Every game was tight. And, um, yeah, we were pretty jacked up about that one as well. Mm-hmm. What do you make of when it came out that uh, your arena in Florida wasn't allowing Canadians and stuff? Like, did that – like, were you guys <laughs> laughing at that? Or, like, was it even a thought? Like, what what was your take? Uh, I mean, guys have brought it up. I mean, it wasn't, like, um, realistic. Like, we knew, you know, Toronto fans were going to get in there. Um, I think it just gave – 
either Panther fans that extra day or two to, you know, which is, which is honestly smart on our side. Um, but regardless, you know, regardless of who it was or what they did, you know, from game one against Boston right to, you know, the end against Vegas, um, you guys experienced or watched the games on TV at our arena was second to none, like a crazy atmosphere every single time. And, um, uh, we, we, you know, we enjoyed, you know, each, each time we stepped on the ice at home. Yeah. And just one more from that Leaf series, just being an Ontario guy yourself, like what was it like for you playing against the Leafs in that second round with so many eyes, like the whole hockey world watching yeah. personally, just how was it for you? Yeah, I mean, personally, I was never a Leafs fan. I, I grew up watching the Red Wings, actually. Um, so, I mean, in that in that case, but I think just the fact that I had family and friends that were are huge Leafs fans and um, kind of battling against them as well. Obviously, I didn't hear from them, but um, wanted to, you know, experience um, beating them and seeing their reaction after the series was it was pretty cool. But um, I think I think just for just for the team, like I said, we had eight players or so. I don't, I forget the number, but um, within the area, so everybody wanted to beat them and um, how much again the fan base was on their side. Nobody thought we were going to get through Boston. Nobody thought we were going to get through you know Toronto and um, the way we did it. Uh, you know, pretty proud of our, our group and how we uh, mentally you know went from series one to series two and and kept just kind of kept moving there. Yeah. Well, and actually, I got one more question on that. Too. Did you boys get out a chuckle um, about Gudis like losing it in the goalie's face after? after <laughs> yeah. So in our in our locker room, actually, obviously nobody experienced or nobody saw. Everyone just kind of jacked up and you know kind of celebrated. And then once we went to back to the locker room, they had a big uh, there was a big TV in the locker room, and they were showing the replays and, and shit like that. Um, and then that's when everyone saw it, and everyone just started dying laughing and. <laughs> He's such a, you know, Goods as a player is completely different from him off the ice and um, how big of a warrior he is, you know, on the ice. And you guys obviously, you know, seen the big hits, seen, you know, how jacked up he was in that play. And then to see it afterwards and, you know, we were literally almost in tears, you know, laughing how, you know, how funny that was. And, and the replay, um, I think I remember, was it not like one of those super slow-mos where his mouth is like opening and he's just like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> And, and like to him, like he wasn't doing it, like he wasn't doing it as a as an asshole or anything like that. Just he was fired just jacked, up. you know. He was just jacked up. It was the heat of the moment. He's probably thinking in his head, like this is gonna be hilarious seeing this afterwards, you know. And um, yeah, that was that was a great moment for you know our club and guys. Obviously, were I think more jacked up of seeing his reaction than either you know winning the game or you know even winning that game seven series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. You know, when I was watching that, and then like I could, I remembered in one game, like I think he murdered Camp, like right after the whistle. Oh yeah. And I literally was sitting in my room just replaying that a couple times, just crying, laughing. I'm like, I do not want to play this against this guy. Like, guy is a killer. But well, uh, I mean, he. You said you were. You're in San Jose. He's he's pretty close. So you better keep your head up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> check the game notes for sure. Get but, on his so- good side cards. We got to get him on, and 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 he'll be nice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, but like, like I, I mean, we're gonna miss. Like, obviously, we're gonna miss him as a as a person. But like, even just his, you know, presence on the ice, and um, like you'll experience. You know, you got to watch when he's on the ice because, like you said, like that that camp hit was. I mean, surprised he got up, but that was one of the biggest hits I've seen. You know, since I've played, and um, it's funny because Goods isn't even. He's a big boy, but he's he's, you know, maybe a little bit smaller than me. Like he might be five ten, five eleven, but obviously solid and he can hit better than anyone I know. Yeah. It was, it was crazy to watch all playoffs, but even you guys like fans watch stuff, think like it's the craziest run ever. And then like things get even like almost more crazy in the Carolina series. And, uh, but to kind of kick things off when you guys are going to Carolina, wasn't there like a big parade and fans with signs and everything in Florida, like ready, like to greet you guys when you were taking off for Carolina for game one? Yeah, there actually was uh, fans every time when we were when we were landing home at home, and then when we were taking off. Um, yeah. It's uh, obviously with you know any sports team that's making it you know a push and and doing well, um, the fans jump up. But um, especially you know you got to appreciate you know Florida. Nobody expects it to be you know a huge fan base, but um, people that experience being at the games, like I was saying, or just experience being 
in Fort Lauderdale or being around us during this run, really, you know, you could, you really see that it's a pretty damn good hockey market. And, um, you know, having us and the heat, you know, both, you know, making runs in basketball and hockey, um, you know, the whole area was crazy. And, um, to see fans that, you know, when, like I said, when we landed and, and when we took off, like there was, I couldn't even account how many, a couple hundred, maybe, you know, a few, you know, but a lot of people just jacked up, you know, every time they could see us or um, cheer us on. And obviously that, you know, helps us, you know, the whole, the whole way. Yeah. And game one, obviously craziest game I've ever seen quadruple overtime. <laughs> you logged eight minutes of ice time. So just tell us about that yeah. game. Like, what's going through your mind? like I want to know like second or third overtime intermission. Like, are you, what are you doing? Crushing mustard, honey stingers. Like, what do you do? Like, how are you staying energized? Yeah, I'm definitely staying away from the mustard. Some guys are. Some guys actually are eating pizza, um, whatever they can get their hands on, honestly, at that point. But even before the series, we knew it was, you know, we just laughed about it because we played Boston, number one team, played Toronto, number two team. And then we were playing Carolina, who was, you know, either number two or three, you know, with Toronto. So there was another tough one. Um, Carolina's a tough building, low scoring games all, all the time. You know, they're a very defensive team that um, keeps it tight. So we knew that we were in a challenge there. but um yeah i mean we just didn't uh, again think about it we we're you know going to overtime um just enjoying the moment enjoying you know creating chances I, I don't know how many chances i had in that game or even those overtimes um so, i mean i was pretty frustrated myself that i couldn't have finished it you know two hours beforehand <laughs> but uh yeah guys were literally crushing whatever they could um you know i don't know how many i probably had four or five bananas you know during the you know the total time um I was actually starting to get a cramp probably two, three shifts before we scored. I was kind of afraid that we were going to keep going. It was going to, you know, drag on. So, But I felt pretty good. I actually felt really good um, throughout the whole time, which is kind of surprising. Um, but once, obviously, we finished that, uh, I, I forget what time we went. We ate at, like, probably 2.30 a.m. at the hotel. Like, I think that's when we got in. <laughs> and then, you know, like, just a whirlwind. Like, like I said, like, the whole playoffs, the emotions, you know, the highs and lows that was a high but also was a low <laughs> and you know what like sorry to jump in cards but losing a game like that has to be so gut-wrenching like you you, you battle for like nine periods or whatever it was yeah. like seven eight periods and, and to lose like that so that's a really like it's game one but it, it's bigger than that because you you know you feel like you took so much out of them there absolutely absolutely and, and i mean that was one of our mindsets is like yeah it's good to get one or game one, but like this was huge going into the next one, you know, like um, especially, I mean, I don't know, like, like we, we just felt like we, obviously we're a younger team, our legs were fresh and that just, you know, jacked us up for game two, you know? Well, it ended up working. You guys, <clears throat> and uh, so that was, that was probably the most smooth sailing part of the playoffs so far, but uh, you guys, when you guys win there, you end up touching the Prince of Wales trophy. Was there thought or discussion before game four? Like, did you guys plan that? <laughs> kind of spur of the no, moment? No, uh, I think just to use the moment. Um, guys kind of talked about it briefly beforehand, uh, before we grabbed it. But um, we kind of left it on Barky to see what he wanted to do. If he didn't want to touch it, then we wouldn't have. And um, yeah. I think just the, the mindset and the guys' reaction to everything and the excitement of being in our building um i think we kind of just said we deserve to we deserve to grab it no matter what you know were to happen you know moving forward um i think we deserve that trophy and we worked so hard to you know enjoy that with our fans and um guys didn't think too hard of i don't think guys really think about you know the curse or you know good luck or bad luck or whatnot you know it's just um the way it works out and um like i said we wanted to enjoy that in front of you know our fans and you know that whole arena is you know, 22,000 plus all of us were pretty jacked up that night. Yeah. I mean, how many chances are you going to get to win like something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And we've had some veteran guys that, you know, obviously helped us and, um, in our heads too, we're, we're the same way as, you know, everyone else saying, do we touch it? Do we not touch it? And, you know, I think that as a veteran player and a player that has experience, you know, playing and, and trying to win and being close to win, it's, you know, those guys were kind of like the same thing. Like we, we deserved it enjoy it, grab it, um, cherish this night. And then we move, you know, get back to work. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I like that mindset. 
I, I think at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, for, I'd say it doesn't matter. Like it's not going to yeah. affect if you win or lose, but it's just, it's funny that it's, it's such a big, uh, yeah, story, oh, yeah. especially like, when Vegas decided not to touch theirs. So it becomes like, and a, that's the way it works, you know? And then next year, you know, something, you know, the team that touches it wins, you know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not going to affect, we got, we got I Mitzi want, on I the want, call want, now. Mitzi, what's up? going to say hi? Okay. Boy. I said, Hey, I said, four o'clock. He's, I said four o'clock and he's 10 minutes late of that. So. <laughs> How are you doing, guys? Sorry about that. We're good. You got you got some tough Wi-Fi over there, Nate. <laughs> Let me see if I can. Is that better or worse? Yeah, that's that's good. You got no jibs, one eye. What's going on, Nate? Guys, a battler, eh? Like, geez. I was saying to uh, some kids earlier. I was doing a goalie camp this morning, and uh, I did this big speech about loving the game of hockey. And I said, "Look at me, boys. Look at me." You don't know what I've given up for this game. And I said, and I do it all over again. Uh, <laughs> helmet out there. Huh? You're wearing a helmet and a cage out there now? I got the fishbowl dialed up, man. I was going to say, hopefully Dee's isn't hearing this today. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Um, Nate, we'll, uh, we're just about – I want to touch on the cup finals here, and then we'll, uh, we can kind of sort of wrap it up. But good good for you to join, Nate. We were talking about you at the beginning, teaching Monty how to change diapers and be a dad. So uh, I'm sure that's appreciated. <laughs> hey, I, I've, been, I've been showing this guy the ropes, uh, ropes since junior. <laughs> since, uh, since we were in a boxing ring, I've been, I've been putting him through the ropes, teaching him the ropes. The first time me and Nate won – or Nate, me and Nate met. Uh, yeah, we were in a boxing ring, and I pounded his ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it was on your home turf, man. I didn't stand a chance. My home, my home turf. Yeah, I couldn't let this skinny, tall, you know, tall, lanky kid come in and you know <laughs> take over. So I had to show him the ropes, and uh, I had to show him the ropes. You know, for the oh, next man. couple of years playing with each other. Out of boy, Nate. Out of boy. So. Um... Yeah. So Monty, just on on Vegas in the final, quick. Just uh, there was so much time off between that third and fourth round with the with the sweep and the other series going. And uh, yeah, I'm just curious because you never know which way it goes. Did you think the time? I mean, looking back on it now, but in the moment, did you guys think the time was going to be great, or did you want to just get going right at it? Or like, do you think it hurt you? Um, I mean, everyone's kind of asked that, and I hate to like say the excuses. And um, the time was great. The fact that, you know, guys can heal up and rest um, way too much time, you know. Uh, like, we played that game four, we won. And then the next day, they played game five, day off, game six. I think they won in six, right? Um, yeah, they won in six against yeah. Dallas. And, but, and then there was, you know, a handful. Of, I think we, it was a total of 11 days um, in between. But just like I said, the emotions of, you know, how well we were playing and, what kind of groove we were in this, you know, this whole run. And then um, the rest was good, but then the kind of died down for, you know, a week and a half and we were just kind of waiting. And, and then the emotions skyrocketed because, you know, most of the team has never been in the Stanley Cup finals and what that was all about. And uh, I think, you know, those first two games in Vegas, our mindset was kind of, let's get out there and like, just murder everyone, you know, like, like we were just so jacked up that anytime we could hit somebody or like um, kill somebody into the boards, like that's what we were trying to do. And we kind of got out of our game. And just the, like I said, the groove of um, missing that much time uh, and then, you know, I don't know how many days they had off, but um, I think they had like four or five. You guys were like two weeks. It felt like, yeah. And I think, I think from what I've heard, that might've been the longest stretch of uh, time off between series. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Um, so, I mean, I think that definitely hurt us and, you know, how well we were playing and then, um, nothing against the te- that team. Like that team was great. They, you know, obviously deserved it and we're really good, but, um, I felt like having a little bit more time, you know, less time off would have helped us for sure. Yeah. Makes sense. And just, we touched on it at the beginning. I kind of want to hear your point of view on it. The, when you had you know, your child's birth flying back and forth between games yeah. one and two, or whatever. can you just give us the rundown on like the timelines and how it all went down when, where, when, and where you were basically? Yeah. So it was very obviously emotional with just everything going on. Um, we set a, uh, induced date in between game five and no in between. Yeah. In between, Game four, no, game five and six, yeah. So we were going to play game five in Vegas, and then she was going to get induced 
the next day in Florida. So that was the plan. Um, we had a checkup actually during the break that we had and he could have came then. So like the emotions were like, was he going to come before the game one? You know, did I have to fly to Vegas not knowing? And we were just kind of hoping that he would have came before everything kind of started. And, um, but he, again, that wasn't the case. We flew to Vegas. She went in the hospital uh, five o'clock Vegas time, which we played right before. Yeah, five o'clock we played. Um, she went in the hospital, told my team not to tell me. So obviously, um, I could focus on the game. We lost. It was about eight eight thirty um, Vegas time. I got pulled aside, obviously from the GM and my coach, and said Brian's in the hospital. And then I flew back again Vegas time at I think it was eleven o'clock p.m was back in Boca Raton by 6.30 a.m. Florida time. And then he actually came. I actually made it, which was um, unbelievable because I didn't know at the time, you know, what was going on. And I, it was a five-and-a-half-hour flight, and I had no idea. You know, I couldn't talk to anyone. So um, he came at noon, and then I, you know, hung out with them, and I was back on a flight by 6 p.m. in Boca and was back in Vegas by 11 p.m. Vegas time and then we played the next night so like it was it was uh yeah obviously no no sleep on either flights it didn't help that it was you know a five six hour flight away the three hour time zone um the whole the like I said the emotions from that and then the emotions of playing losing not sleeping getting ready for game two and then I think we got pounded in game two which you know is another story but uh, you know, it is cool. The whole experience, obviously, you know, getting back and being able to share, you know, that moment with them and then being able to play and not miss a thing was, was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's uh yeah, that's a wild story, man. And yeah, running off pure adrenaline, I can imagine at that point. But uh, before we wrap things up, we got a few uh, Florida Panther specific questions and then a few uh, fan questions and then uh, we're good to go here. But uh Beauty. First one here, do you have any good Paul Maurice stories? I heard he's a bit of a lunatic or anytime. Delp uh, <laughs> uh, says he sa- uh, calls everyone baby. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe when he's jacked up or like trying to fire someone up, maybe, yeah. Um, <laughs> l- lunatic, I think people think he's a lunatic from that Toronto clip. Like yeah. that's, got a, that's, that's got a lot of hype, but um no, I mean, he's hard, he's hard on us when he needs to be. Obviously, he's experienced, you know, a lot more than anyone else or a lot more than most coaches. And um, when he's hard, he's hard and the guys listen. And, but he's very loose, outgoing, cracks a lot of jokes, um, kind of mixed everything. So um, he's a great coach to have. Yeah, no, I heard a lot of great things. And uh, uh, next one here, best and worst chirper on the team. Ooh, best chirper. Um, there's a probably handful of guys. Uh, best chirper maybe like Chucky's probably pretty good. Maddie Kachuk, Ryan Lomberg. There's a handful of us that like to like to talk <laughs> out there. Um, worst I'd say. Hopefully he listens to this, but Nick Cousins might be the worst worst chirper. <laughs> um, who's probably the worst, probably one of the best pests in the in the game today. So, um, you know that's that's probably you know a handful of guys there. Who's uh, who's team DJ? That's my myself. Oh, nice! What what kind of beats yeah. you got, boys? Does it change? With the- uh, yeah, no, it mixes. Mornings are mixed, um, and it also changes too. Like a lot of rap, obviously um, techno, but changes between guys too. Like we got a lot of Europeans, um, old guys. Like Eric Stahl, when he came into the league, said that um, they're playing like they're getting jacked up to Bruce Spring- Springsteen. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 15, 20 years ago, you know, like it, it just changes. So I mixed it literally from, you know, old music to music, you know, today. And um, we got a pretty good mix. I think we, we mixed it up and there was probably, I think total, I'd add a, I'd add a couple songs a week or a couple songs before games. And I think we had it over 400 songs by the end of it. <laughs> people don't realize full-time job being the DJ. You got to be on the ball, knowing the new songs and stuff like that. I enjoy doing that. So it's pretty easy, but yeah, it's, um, especially when you get guys that, you know, enjoy music as well. And they're always on the iPad fucking around or, you know, doing something, putting their own playlist on or like, um, little things like that, but it's all good. And then we'll go to fan questions. And why do you wear 62? 
Um, I wore 62 actually when I played with Nate. Um, when I was 15, 16 years old, I was actually handed 62. And um, throughout my career, I guess, um, I had a chance to play with 62 all the way up till uh, I was drafted by Anaheim. Um, and then I was 26. And then once I went back to, uh, when I got traded to Buffalo, Darlene wore 26. So I changed back to 62 and I've been at 62 since. Hmm. Um, not necessarily no, uh, no really story behind it other than since, since I've been 15 years old. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, last one here. Who was a player from the run, like the playoff run that you, you hated playing against or just was getting a bit annoying after a few games? Uh, well, that's tough. I don't know. Um, so many different players, you know, uh, kind of put you on the spot. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause there's four different teams. I'm trying to pick one specific player, you know, um, yeah. maybe that guy, maybe like, I mean, halfways, just guys, guys that were kind of like either out there to piss me off or, um, yeah. get my skin, you know, like, I think that's, you know, obviously four different teams, four different types of players or, you know, like, um, but just guys that, um, or out there to, to do one single job or a specific job like that. But again, I don't, I mean, I don't think any of that phases me in any sense yeah. of me being, yeah. you know, annoyed, you know, like it's just, it is what it is. I'm mm-hmm. doing the same thing to them. So it's like, yeah. I just, I deserve to get it back. And that's my mindset. Yeah. And I mean, you're putting up numbers as a D man too. Those guys aren't uh, missing an opportunity, probably finish checks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Monty just really want to thank you for taking the time like awesome interview and really cool hearing these insights and um yeah really nice of you to give us your time here so um best of luck with the recovery and uh I'm we're all pumped to see you next season and and see where your career goes from here all right boys absolutely thanks for having me on yeah appreciate it thank you all right I want to thank Brandon Montour for that pretty cool to to hear about the playoffs like especially kind of going round by round hearing those stories and hearing about you know the birth of his son flying back imagine all that happening in the stanley cup final by the way you got all of that going on like it's crazy actually that that happened to him yeah i mean you got enough on your plate as is and then uh boom that kind of life slaps you in the face like that but what a what a surreal thing that must be as and he was obviously saying that was pretty cool so um yeah to have all that happen at one time is it's incredible really and uh no, that's uh, that's definitely an experience for him. I'm I can't believe how he battled through the games and looked still so good out there and uh, played as well as he did. But pure adrenaline and uh, yeah, pretty cool to hear about the playoffs. And uh, I know he texted you and talked to about uh, potentially a part two where we kind of mm-hmm. more touch on his career because yeah, we didn't really get into it too much because there was so much to tap into on the playoff run and uh, kind of getting the scoop on all that. Yeah, he said something like you know, would love to do it again. Just let me know. Like, I can't, I was going to pull it up, but he, he's, he was so nice, like to, to deal with and all that. So shout out Montour, unbelievable player. He actually could be in the conversation for most points by a D this year. Oh no, but he's injured for a bit. We talked about with him, but otherwise he, he might get my vote. Like we talked about in the beginning yeah, half of the episode. Dude, he's got um, a lot of, but uh, I guess this, uh, we're getting near the end here. So, uh, what you got a weather report for San Jose? We haven't done like a weather report in general. Yeah, bro. I, I was looking the other day just because uh getting excited to kind of move down there and get it all settled in uh for the next few weeks. And I was looking, it was like 28 to 30 uh Celsius and sunny every day. So can't complain with that. Hopefully, no rain. I know there was a bit of a hurricane out there, so I think that's kind of dissipating and uh scattering a little bit. So that's good news, and uh hopefully it's uh sunshine ahead and i'll uh i'll get a report when uh when i'm down there and we get the next episode out which shouldn't be too too long and uh no man i'm just looking forward to that and i know you got the felks preseason coming up here and uh and brock starting up soon too so yeah back at it with two teams both teams looking sick too by the way pushing for a double championship like i kind of have been every year um that'd be elite this is uh this is the best on paper, the best Brock team that I've been a part of in my now heading into my seventh year. That's um, insane, bro. That's insane. The team and and we've been to two nationals, obviously. But like I said, on paper, this is our best team, and we got a, a goalie coming from the dub who had a nine thirty save percentage last year in the dub. Um, That'll do. So I think he's gonna be nasty and uh, good recruits. And we had one of your old teammates, Ryan Stepien. You play with Step? 
Oh yeah, I played with Stepper. He he's, easy. He's like, oh, I I seen your podcast. Like, I love Cardsy. Like, love yeah. Tag. Like, awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's a great dude. You'll uh, you'll love him there. And yeah, yeah, no, man, I'm excited for you guys. Uh, so I mean, we'll we'll get more into it when we talk next, and you'll be well into camp by then, and uh, yeah. I'll be getting settled down there. So we'll hear about we'll your whole camp hanging we'll with the big we'll, dogs. <laughs> we'll have a bunch to talk about. So. Let's, uh, I guess with that being said, uh, we can wrap this one up, but I know I just want to say thank you to the fans for uh, all the support to get us to a hundred episodes. And that was a good one here. So I'm real happy about it, brother. All right. See you guys next time.